You're listening to a Lost in the Groove segment. Having good vibes with your bones and joints. Taking a trip into the groove. American groove. American groove. Into stone keep talking oh yeah you want to check you want to check in in what well i wanted to check in you know like i just wanted to check in between the two of us and like see how we're both doing um i'm doing fucking terrible but yeah a new fashion trend here i just started it yesterday and it's two baby clips on both sides it's a new you're bringing back a trend that was around 24 years ago. Yeah, but I'm yeah. doing it like even closer to my part, oh my like God. in an extremely dorky kind of way. Yeah. And Total. this is. You need braces. You need braces and a pair of Ray-Ban black rim glasses. And Full you're all dork. Full yeah. dork with the buck teeth. Well, Got to put those in too. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because uh, yeah. you're hey, a makeup artist, because you're a makeup artist, right? So like you sometimes have to like add things to a person's face to make them kind of like, you know, not be as pretty. Like, does that happen? Like, do oh, you yeah. have to like unpretty oh, yeah. someone? Oh, That's yeah. so weird. Yeah, I've had to unpretty people a lot. Or like I've had to make people look like they're dying, like Ooh. they are dead. Um, like they have you know, infectious Man. diseases. Yeah. Like their faces got burnt off. I mean, I gotta make people look bad. Yeah. I honestly prefer making people look good, but it can be really fun if they let you have creative freedom, you know? Um, I've made myself, you know, look crappy before, like just doing fun. On stuff. purpose? On no, purpose or by mistake? Like for tutorials and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know? Ooh, and then, I like, see. Give my I practice on my own face a lot. Like if I would get a new job and they wanted like a specific type of injury, like I had to do I had to replicate the injuries that were given to OJ Simpson's wife. And so I did a oh. bunch of research because it's a real injury. I wanted yeah. it to look real, like, you know, true to story, like which side of the face it was supposed to be on and, you know, like where the majority of the damage was and where the face was cut open and, you know, stuff like that. So I had to look at those photos. I had to study it and I, I had to have it ready for the following day, you know? So I just did it on my own face real quick. Cause I've got, you know, everything there and a face and I, I wanted to kind of do it before I'm doing it on a stranger. Um, and, and then, you know, I mean, a lot of the times you just whip stuff out cause you've done things that are similar to it, but this one, I, I cared a lot more about. I realized this camera is kind of like way over here in dark. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Uh, it's kind of strange. Cause like, it's, it's like when you're doing that when you're doing this makeup you're basically like stating that you're creating something that is an illusion you know you you want it to look as if it's an actual like bruise 
um, injury, damage, any of those things. And I love special effects makeup specifically because it's like it's kind of a form of art where you're you're painting, you know, you're adding on the silicone, the mesh, the the dry paints, the more liquid paints. Yeah, I there's a lot that goes into it. Um, like when you're doing injuries, there's continuity. So the concept of like the the injury uh, drying up, the injury healing, you know, the injury changing throughout the whatever whatever story you're telling. Um, I mean, even people's hair growing, you know, as time has passed. The there's all kinds of things. Like I mean. When guys want to be, when you want to tell a story, you want to tell a story about like somebody who, you know, is going through a rough time or something and they've just been like staying in their house a whole bunch. And like maybe part of your storytelling would be the, you know, like they, they grew a beard where they were, when they were hanging around inside of the house. And so they're hanging around inside of the house. The beard's getting longer and longer and longer. So like they want to film that whole thing on one day. And like, it's your job to like, let the beard get longer. Um, and then, you know, it's like, well, how am I going to do that? Well, you basically have to have the guy completely clean shaven and then just fake the beard getting longer. Um, and then you, you know, then you have the freedom. You're not restricted by the beard because you can change it at any time with filming. So if they want to film something that happened forever ago, you know, you take the beard totally off. They want to film something that happened while he was going through the rough time. You put it back on whatever stage they want. So it it's interesting guys will try to be like like should i shave today or should i let it grow and i'm like just shave it like we're gonna fake everything about it um unless the the uh fake it till you the, make it honey that's the point of the story unless the production is like down to like you know give time in between things sometimes they call back for for stuff that's you know gonna be filmed as a different period or whatever else but i mean i've had I've had people, you know, just say me like, oh, we need to film him dead. We need to film him alive. We need to film him dead. We need to film him alive. And you're just watching the stuff on and off over and over again. And it's like, you know, your actor's starting to get a little irritated because you keep putting this stuff on and off of them. I mean, I, I've had the opportunity to schedule with directors, you know, like if you work on the, um, the schedule together, uh, and well, if they're a smart director or if they're they have a good assistant director, they'll catch it, you know, because it, it saves the production time. So then also they can get more done um, in one day, a.k.a. less money spent. So everybody's into that. They don't want to be spending money, Mm-mm. especially on makeup. Mm-mm. It's it's uh it's kind of a weird segue because you were talking earlier about drag and drag is kind of the example of create something that is completely not real there is no tits there's no hips there's no curves there's no lines it's all made well you say create something that's not real i mean it's still a real person there you know it's still a real person but drag is not supposed to be like Drag is supposed to be exaggerated. You know, it's supposed to be exorbitated. It's supposed to be like, you know, um, like a performance. You know, you're going out as a performer, you know? Yeah, I was trying to think about the very, very, very first time I saw a drag queen. 
Um, and I couldn't like a hundred percent lock down the very, 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 very first time I saw a drag queen. I guess I'm just going to have this cord in front of my face. Um, but you know, I, I remember some of the first times I saw a drag queen, I kind of remember like asking my parents, you know, like, Oh, like it, so wait, underneath all that makeup and stuff, there's a man. And my parents never said anything like bad about it. Like to them, it was like, oh yeah, people do that. Like some guys, you know, and I, it was always discussed that there are men that do it that are not gay. There's men that do it that are like completely straight. That was a, a thing for a long time too is when I was younger is that there were a lot of men with children and stuff like that. And I mean, you can have children obviously if you're gay, but like I was saying like, you know, they led like a totally straight life and they would do drag. And I mean, they're entertainers. People would do it for money, you know, um, well, the history, there's of, a lot of reasons. The history of mm-hmm. men dressing up as women in performances goes back hundreds of years ago in the days of Shakespeare and the like those I mean that's different no, like th- I'm sorry it, but Shakespeare is is different it's than different drag. it's different but, but it, it was a person on a stage you know um as a, as a, a different gender portray- yeah. yeah it was a man portraying a woman on stage and it was solely because it was deemed inappropriate for women to pose female roles which is interesting well they didn't want a woman on the stage only men were allowed to be actors. Women were not allowed to be actors. No. That was not a thing. So that that's why the men had to play the women. The men had to play everyone. So uh, a man in drag as uh, as an actor back in Shakespearean time can be related to drag in ways. I can see how people would say that. There are also like differences in the reasons why the person was on the stage like yes but i mean i don't know that there could be like an individual that just really inside wanted to dress like a woman and that's why he was a shakespearean actor it could be the same exact situation right (laughs) i mean we weren't alive in the 14 you know the whatever 1500s whatever it was we don't know we don't know 1500s yeah well i don't know um Mm. but yeah, I, I I was just trying to think of the very first time that I saw a drag queen. There was a, and probably still is, an absolutely incredible drag queen um, who makes my first impressions with drag queens in person. Um, her name is Champagne Showers. And um, I'm pretty sure, at least at the time, she went by her. Um, but I don't know anymore. I haven't heard anything of Champagne Showers in a while because I don't live in Iowa. But Champagne Showers is the very best drag queen in Des Moines, Iowa. Like, um, I believe that they would have drag shows. Oh, I think somebody hired Champagne Showers for a party. And that was maybe one of the first times that I, like, saw a drag queen, like, holy shit. Like, and it, like, blew my mind. But... I believe I was like 18, maybe I was in high school. It might've been like, I don't know. My sister used to take me to like pride things. Um, I know that I had seen um, people in drag in, in parades because like we would have our Iowa state fair 
every single year and there would always be a float that was like a lbgtq float um and this was all the way back in like 1994 you know so for any of our viewers that are unfamiliar what carissa is saying carissa is from iowa iowa is in the midwest now as a northeast person i grew up in new york we view the midwest as kind of you know kind of backwards laid back very red you know well iowa's a little bit different because iowa has this like extremism when it comes to letting people have their rights so that is why why people are allowed to get married gay all the way back in the early 2000s maybe earlier than that that's why people were allowed to escape slavery in Iowa. Like they're like really, they're always kind of like, no, people should be able to like that. That's a human right, you know. So I see that in Iowa. I also see a lot of things that aren't that great, and there's a lot of like, you know, complaints. But we always had like growing up, we always had like really, really good, um, like. Healthcare for teenagers. Um, we had Planned Parenthood, and it was all like funded by this this one lady um, who basically just put all of her life's work and family money into making sure that everyone in the community had Planned Parenthood. Uh, her name was Susan Knapp. She's, I mean, her name is like everything. A, she, she didn't take a nap though. But um, it's a K N A P P. The the Knapp family, I mean, their name is on everything in Des Moines. Like they created like a whole bunch of community stuff. Probably a bunch of tax write-offs. I don't really know. But she is the reason that like a whole bunch of people didn't have babies in junior high and high school. <laughs> but um drag queens, I mean, champagne showers was just blew my mind. Um really tiny little woman, just dancing around like holy shit you know and then um when i moved to iowa city we used to go to this studio it was called like studio 13 and they would do drag night and people would come and compete and we would watch the drag queens and then after the drag queens were over we would um we would have dance time and we'd just like take over the dance floor and dance but i drag has always been a part of my life Um, so it really bothered me to see people attacking it, um, this past week, honestly, that's how I felt. I felt like people are just like attacking it and misunderstanding it. And here's the deal. It it bothers the fuck out of me. Here's the deal. I was recently watching a Joe Rogan, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, and he was talking about drag story hour. Okay, and there is so. So what what happened here? Everybody, this is what sparked everything. Is that a drag queen read a book to children? Is that oh my god, how fucking terrible! The story. (laughs) Sorry, but is that what happened? Because I don't watch the news. Kind of. Well, I'm telling you what I heard. I don't know what's called. I don't know what's gone on the news. I don't give a fuck what goes on the news. I don't listen. Shootings at, at schools. And we're worried about someone reading a book. I can't like. Okay. So here's, here, here's the reality. The reason why drag story hour was made was for gay couples, you know, gay, lesbian, trans couples, whatever. 
queer couples in general that had kids and they wanted them to be in a more, you know, queer, non-heterosexual environment also. So someone thought of a really great idea. I forgot the name of the drag queen in San Francisco to read stories to kids in drag, you know, and be able to kind of like give them that opportunity as well. And I think it's beautiful. I think it's a really great way for gay parents, parents that are queer to really like allow their kids to be a part of something. And the I twist- mean, I, I think it depends on what's in the book and, you know, and whatever it's a else. Kid, but... it's, it's a kid's story hour. Like it's in a library for Christ's sakes. Well, like, I don't know what's in this book, you know, and I, I mean, they're children's, they're children's books, honey. That's what they're reading them. Just kind of like a book that kind of just says, like, some people have this parent. Some people have two parents. Some Sometimes, yeah. It could be like, something like that. just kind of like, you know, like, not everybody's the same. Like, that kind of cute, like, you know, message to accept other people. Is it just yeah, like that? It, yeah, it's about, it's about giving the message to these kids, you know, to be more open, you know, have that more. Oh, God forbid. Oh, Look, I'm one of those people that I believe that it's really healthy for a kid to be in an open environment because there's a lot yeah. of things that they can learn and a lot of questions that they can ask. The thing that Joe Rogan was talking about is, and I didn't really know this was a thing. Supposedly there are parents that are taking these kids to like drag shows and these drag queens that are stripping down to their knickers. Okay, so for all of you Americans, that's underwear, or panties, whatever the fuck you have you. And you're like, this is an eight-year-old. This is an eight-year-old. And you're you're downing your panties. Your dick is 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 yeah. being taped to the back. Like, hello. But not all drag shows are no. sexual like that. No, 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 like, no. Like a lot of drag shows are like not uh stripping i have seen a lot of drag shows where they'll like you know take off layers and people throw money and that's been a thing too Burlesque. but also i've seen people just lip sync and dance and people throw money um i've also seen it where there's no money involved um but i i feel like the the taking off the clothes part and getting like really really undressed is maybe not good with with children at any age but i no. don't have children and i don't know these people's relationships with their kids and the conversations that they have and i know that my sister was really good with my nephew and she exposed him to a lot of different types of things at young ages and he turned out great and um she she had really great open communication with him about things i think that that could be really essential like how you talk to people about it and also like it's this own parents choice to take their kid there you know like they're the ones going yeah there. but you know like, like we gotta okay we we gotta wake up and smell the flowers all right the 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 woke the woke environment okay the, no woke w-o-k-e no whiz whiz oak oh my god you're not gonna 
let you talk? No, no, never. I never, uh, never, never. But uh, woke culture is a prime example of where so many of these problems happen, especially in the queer community, because it creates this environment of where you cannot speak up. You can't say that you don't feel comfortable with this. You can't open yourself up to a conversation about you know, if this is okay, if this is not okay. The thing about drag shows is I'm not one of those people that necessarily gonna say that it's an adult thing. I'm not gonna necessarily say that it's a kid's thing. All I'm gonna say is there's a there's a place, you know, there's a setting and a place. Why is it the government's choice? It's not the government, I mean, fuck the government. I'm talking about people in general. I'm saying in general for people that, you know, if, I mean, there also has to be a line, honey. There's got to be a line. These are kids. I think that the line was there. I think that people no, already... Fu- it's, we haven't had to have government-installed rules for fucking ever. Like, the line was already there. For some reason, it needs to now be government-enforced. And it's like, we are... I was never taken to a drag show at a super young age and watched a guy like completely undressed and there was no rule in place and it didn't fucking happen. I don't know if it happened to other people or like whatever else, but I'm just saying like there didn't need to be a rule there for it not to happen to me. And I also I just I don't like Big Brother like making rules about like fucking everything. And I just kinda... yeah, but we can't we can't honey, you can't fucking change that. OK. You can't. You can't change it. That, well, that's no, just... I can't change it, but that doesn't mean that I can't state that I don't like it. No, a hundred percent. But yeah, I, I don't feel like you're not hearing me. Like, I know that you hear me and I know that, you know, but that on a podcast, we both kind of we try to show the different perspectives that, that people have and things like that. So, I am know, very... like, even though I get like a little heated right now, I know that you respect my opinion and I respect yours and we, yes. we understand each other. So I, I don't feel, I don't feel any, like, I really don't feel any problem with people, you know, making decisions about this kind of stuff and, and whatever else. I just, I don't, I don't want people to be hurt by it. I don't want people to feel alienated. I don't want people to feel wrong for doing drag. You know, like I, I, I worry that it kind of, it adds to hate. It adds to that's different. That's wrong, you know, or something like that. And it's like, there's right. nothing wrong about drag. Like it's not wrong. And I feel like, I hope that this doesn't make people think that, or, or people don't use this as like validation. There's a whole other aspect of this that I'd like to touch on too that really bothers me, but it's your turn, bro. <laughs> well, there's no turns here. We're not like playing a game of fucking sorry, you know? I need to roll a joint. I, I don't know. I saw somebody like post this meme that showed little girls in pageants. Oh, God. And then it also showed... Um, I don't men, like pageants. You know this. Drag. You know this about me. I do not. I am a. I'm one of those people that like. I. I don't like pageants. I think it's. I. I. I just think it's distasteful, in my personal opinion. Well, you know my history with pageants. Yes, I do. Yeah. So you are they're, adorable. They're relating this. Uh, it's a. It's a picture of little girls in pageants, and then it's a picture of men, or people in drag. And um, 
it has the the two next to each other and it says like oh so it's okay to sexualize little girls but it's not okay to sexualize you know like men or 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 drag um oh and you know whatever else and i was like hey do not bring me into this <laughs> like you you don't know anyone who who has been a little girl in a pageant do you like don't use me as your opposing example like that's fuck you i loved dancing i loved being on stage i loved putting on costumes i loved wearing makeup i loved doing my hair i loved practicing with my mother i loved traveling around the country i loved practicing routines like I liked to compete. That was what I like to do. And I do understand that a lot of drag queens enjoy putting on makeup. I know that there's a lot of differences between me and drag queens and little pageant girls and whatever else. But I know that there were a lot of things that I enjoyed that they also do enjoy, which is like beautiful fabrics and gorgeous colors and, and sequins. I know. I like, love sequins. I loved being in pageants. As much as it had negative effects on me, it was incredible. Like, I loved being in dance. I love the glamour of it. I did. I love the freaking dresses. I love all the sparkly shit. Like, I loved getting ready, you know? Like, I loved being prepared. Like, I I think that it was good for me. My mother put me in pageants because I was was soft-spoken. I was quiet. I didn't know how to articulate. Um, So she put me in there because they they judge you on how you speak um they ask you questions and they wait for your responses they do interviews they have you come in you do an interview where you talk it did it helped me talk like it helped me learn how to um compose myself uh, represent myself with my own words so there are a lot of good things that come out of pageants. I think there's probably other ways that I could have learned to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, this is where where I belonged. It was good for me, and I don't I don't like it when people bash on pageants, especially when they're gonna you know like bash on a pageant in order to like defend drag. When like I mean a lot of pageant girls love drag like a lot of people are supportive like what the fuck all i said was is that for me personally i find it distasteful because of how because of how women especially younger women are being represented and treated that is my perception and again going back to the point is the reason why i have a problem with kids being in an adult show an adult drag show is it's not a place for kids. You know, that I'm probably going to get some hate over here and it's okay. I'm one of those people that it's none of fucking teachers or the fucking school's business. If a kid is gay, none of their fucking business between them and their parents. I think that it is good to create an accepting environment. 100%, Um, but you're not the parents. You're just the school. You're the educators. There's a very big difference. Yeah, it's my mother is a kindergarten teacher and she was very much like school, especially elementary school is a place for learning letters, numbers, 
you know, that was her whole thing. And I was just like, okay, cool. But I kind of think that like making this rule about drag, you have to be 18 to see drag is such overkill for what happened. I mean, I, I haven't read a single fucking article about anything, but like my first response was just like, wow, like, I think everybody went a little above and beyond, like, 18 years old? Like, I, no, TV 14 is, like, a thing. Like, no. I mean, I was thinking, like, here, here's my crazy statement. The Dang. first time that I really probably saw a drag queen was on the television, okay? And the TV is right inside your fucking house with your goddamn family, Okay. And that's where your kid is going to see a drag queen. And they're going to see it way before the age of 18. You know? And they're going to see everything on that TV. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with TVs, but I'm just saying they're going to see it. Like, what is this? Like, you'll see it on the TV. You see everything on there. And if you don't see it there, you see it on the internet. They all, everybody's seen a drag queen way before 18. Okay, so this is, this is a little, uh, Government 101. It's the same thing with the sex industry. See, the sex industry has this this labeling on it. You know, it's dirty, it's filthy, it's disgusting, it's bad, it's wrong. To be very honest with you, I yes, there's problems, you know, for example, such as pimps and people that are abusing these sex workers and stealing shitloads of money. Those are awful people and fuck them. But I'm talking about like these people that are actually working to make a living, like I don't I don't see them any different. We both have jobs. We have different types of jobs, but we both have jobs, you know. And I know. it's like you're, you're very pro sex work. I I support individuals as people. In I do too, what but what I'm the point do, my point know? I'm trying to bring out is that just as you have these different peoples that are working in these different industries, you have these people that are performers and they're working as drag queens or drag kings, or whatever the case may be. These people, these workers, you know, for them to come in and interfere and say, okay, you know, these kind of people can come and see, you know, these kind of people, that's kind of crossing the line. You know, well, it's you like... I think because it cuts down on their profits, because now it's only... I just, I think that not all drag queens were showing something that was sexual. I mean, are we just now saying that any drag queen at all is a sexual thing do you remember well this drag queen probably was kind of sexual but do you remember that drag queen that was friends with freddie mercury um the the japanese drag queen with the bright yellow hair do you remember that I wish that you could remember there was this drag queen that was like really, really close friends with Freddie Mercury. I don't remember the name, but um, was a famous drag queen from um, Japan and had this like cartoonish bright yellow hair and like lived like for a really, really long time and was like respected in Japanese culture. And like nobody really like treated it like it was like this really terrible like sexual thing like she just or they were just like you know just a person that was kind of like a very elaborate like showy individual that had a lot of like feminine androgynous beauty 
almost like a supermodel kind of identity um and a, a designer and artist i i don't know i just kind of feel like not every not every type of drag is like sexual like some there there's times where it's just like an expression of like this person i know that sometimes it is extremely sexually charged and maybe even sometimes that's intentional and i i think that's fine too i just i feel like a lot of the first times that I saw drag, it seemed more music, dance, and beauty oriented than it did sex. Like it seemed kind of like flamboyant, but it really seemed like um it seemed more like like a like a tribute to the artist that the person wasn't uh impersonating. Like if if they're doing like a Whitney Houston or if they're doing like a J-Lo, it seemed really like focused towards like their passion of dance and the style of Madonna or the style of J-Lo or the style of this well, person. Well, like, well, well, not Madonna now. Madonna it didn't na- seem sexual. Madonna now is, honey, that's a conversation we'll have another time. Yes. Well, I have seen a drag queen do a really good like a virgin. You know, like like in a wedding gown, like rolling around looking just like Madonna, like and that was sexual. And I was over 18, you know, and it's just like I've also seen drag queens do things that are not incredibly sexual. Like I saw some really, really cool drag queens in France. Um, I saw some really cool drag queens in Canada. Uh, that you know had like a more of like a historic um idea to them like they this this seemed more like uh women from like a different time period like all dressed up you know with like old school 1800s dresses and like fans and like you know i mean there there's all kinds of different types of drag like i just i don't get people i don't know what the fuck's going on down there but it sounds fucking prejudice to me where in tennessee where they're doing all that all the complaining about all this shit honey it's the south i don't like it i need a lighter sweating like a bitch honey that's good means all the toxins are coming out all the toxins baby be spewing all over the place wow where's my lighter uh well well Carissa is gonna currently is trying to find a lighter. <laughs> I had one. I As it. a ah, indeed. Well, I have I have been. I love that somebody <laughs> was like, I love that you started the video with, uh, your chair in your shoe. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of it, it's kind of interesting because when. We'll notice things. We'll notice little imperfections, like little odd things that kind of come along. I'll give you an exact example. I'm one of those people like I'll notice a brick that's missing in a building, you know, yeah. or like why is one side like this shade of green and then the other side is kind of faded. What I'm leaning in towards is there are some drag queens, specifically burlesque drag queens love burlesque drag queens oh my god they their whole like performance is this whole like 
show. It's erotic. It's romantic. It's kind of bluesy. You know, it's got a little bit of swing to it. But it's got like this... I don't know. It's got like all of these different pieces. Just like, oh, why is it there? Oh, what's there? It's it's so hard to like, see, this is the problem. Like you try to have a conversation with these people. Okay. Try to have a conversation with these fuckers that live out in fucking Tennessee with their goddamn Dodger and pickup trucks. Okay. And try to ask them if they can understand there, there is different cultures within one type of category. And they'll look at you like you're fucking nuts. They don't know what you're talking about. What well, do you mean? Some people just think that a man just dressed like a woman in general is inappropriate. You know, like they don't even care if it's. A I want to see a man in tits, honey. I want to see a man have jiggly wiggly tits. Jiggly, I know. Wiggly, I remember tits. I was like a child wondering, like, how do they do the tits? You know, like, how's that work? Stuffing. Um, yeah. But I mean, like you'd see like actual like cleavage and this is like before like silicone, you know, so Make they like tape this like, you know, skin just like over and over and over again. And then like, you know, like contour, like a whole bunch. A line. Yeah. To give the illusion. Yeah. Drag was always really interesting to me because of makeup. Um, I did drag makeup on one of my friends in high school. And then I, I did drag makeup for people when I was in college um i've helped drag queens create looks um in the past and stuff like that and i watched a lot of drag queen videos um you know on how to do makeup and stuff like that and i i i don't know i mean david why like if if you were in charge of like scheduling you know, the person to come read the book, like, why would you, you know, say like, oh, no, we're not going to do that here. I I think, again, it's the setting, it's where it's being done. You know, it, it you know, for example, if you're OK, let's be realistic. All right. School is not optional. You know, like school's a requirement. You have to go no, there. Of course, like, you have to go to school's requirements. <laughs> School is um, school is a requirement. But what I'm trying to get at is, is that if you have these kids that are going to these schools, okay, and if you're in an environment where the public library does not feel comfortable to have a drag queen that is not doing any sexual acts, all she's doing is coming in a cute cowboy outfit, you know, with like maybe like, I don't know, a horse puppet or maybe um you know a cow puppet or something and then read a story to these kids well what's she gonna do with that cow puppet david she might do was naughty she might do naughty she... naughty naughty things to the cow puppet to was the little gonna... four little udders <laughs> little horse puppet <laughs> oh my god you got two this animals honey <laughs> you got the horse puppet and the cow puppet and they're coming together oh my god they're touching oh, oh. The thing is, it's still a human being reading a book, mm, you know, yes, like, I, just, I mean, <laughs> why, why we're so focused on how the human being is dressed. I just, I mean, are we, it just doesn't seem quite right because like I could walk in there dressed like a freaking lumberjack with a beard painted on my face and 
walk around with a really low voice and read a book and people would be like, she's a little strange. Um, but you know, like, would it be sexual? Like, why is it sexual? Because it's a bunch of makeup and, you know, like, is it because it's, you're impersonating a woman? Is that what makes it sexual? Is it now sexual because it's a woman? Like, I, I get a little like, ooh, okay, there, there's, I can Shook use, up. I can use everything against everybody, you know, when it comes to this, like, I know that it's not fair. We all know there's something a little off about it. It, but, you know, that's why I asked you, like, why do you, why would you not schedule the person to come and read? I wouldn't schedule somebody if they would come in and they'd be like this. So like, I've had like this bit, like where my tits are like just hanging out. Okay. And you know, I'm just like, I usually like, have like these bits. Like I'm just like totally in the crowd and like totally getting all. If you're the, I'm not make, trying to make fun. What I'm trying to like get at is like, if you're going to come in with like the attitude of like, you know, you're like kind of the bitch queen, you know, you here to make the money, you know, you, that's not, it's not realistic. Okay. That's not the type of queen that is going to be working in that environment. I think no nos would be somebody that is not great with kids. I think pluses would possibly be maybe somebody that has a background in education, you know? Yeah, day. that would be a positive. Like if, if it was like a, a person with a background in that, in education, like that's a positive. I don't know. My one friend, she dresses up. You can't tell what she is, boy or girl, you know? I make a beautiful woman. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, uh, I've scared quite a few of people at, at bars. I will tell you. You're, you're an intimidating woman is what you are. It's yes. like, oh my God. Like she's like dressed to the nines what do i do what do i say so i had uh i had uh, i had a few years ago i dressed up as i'm dead serious i dressed up as a russian hooker uh for halloween that's not and... insulting <laughs> okay why russian why did we choose russian because i had experience with russian hookers and i thought they were the most <laughs> They're the most incredible women because, like, they were so hard work. <laughs> They're so hard working. They're so hard working. Like, a lot of them are single. Like, they have kids. They have no, like, there's no anybody there. And, like, they're there to take care of their family. You know? Mm. It's, I don't yeah. know. So, no, so, uh, so you dressed up like a Russian hooker. What was yeah. your experience like? Um, I had a few people that tried giving me money. I had uh, several people confuse me as a woman. And um, overall, I had a great experience. I was uh, tucked, clipped, pushed, pulled, tweezed, snapped, all of it. Head to toe. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know how we got here, but anyway. I don't know. I was just thinking I was talking to one of my friends and one of their roommates. Um, 
hooked up with this uh i don't know how you would describe the person but hooked up with this person and okay so my friend was kind of giving their roommate shit like oh you slept with you know like that that girl that's got a dick and he was like you know what that girl's fucking hot like so what if she's got a dick she's hot like that's a hot girl and he was like so what if like when we get naked there's a dick there that's hot i was like okay like i i see now that like you're like that's a hot woman that's a hot woman with a dick like you're like i don't care if there's a dick there or not like i'm i'm attracted to this person oh my god like it's kind of what the what he's trying to say i will tell you like i love like when people love to give you know people that are trans hate and here's the thing first off trans people i some of the nicest some of the coolest people i've ever met are trans that's number one number two some of the hottest motherfucking gorgeous people i've ever met are trans and it's like oh people are jealous okay they're they're a little there's a little envy in there because like they're really fucking awesome people some of you like it's just I don't know. I just love experience like from all of like community. Like we're talking about like drag queens because there's a lot of trans. There's a lot of trans people that are, are drag queens today. And it's like, yeah, well, they don't they're not having fake breasts like those are actual. But like, I'm happy that they're able to be a part of it. You know, like I feel like the drag community is like really blown up. Like yes, it uh, has. Just from my own um observation it's almost like the thing to do like if you hit like a certain age and you like that kind of thing and uh the person has like a community to do it in it's like bam like and i remember like it being popular when i lived in iowa but when i went back you know, it's been like 10 years since I lived there. When I went back, there was just so much drag. I mean, they do a drag show like almost every fucking night. You can go to a drag show. And I was just like, okay, like it was not like that. And I, I don't even know. Like, I'm like, that's great. Like do drag all the time, every day. But like also like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> like we're doing drag every fucking night now. And it, it used to be like, you know, we'd go, we'd plan to go to the drag show. Like, it'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, like it was for me, it was a little bit more exciting because it wasn't oversaturated. But, you know, I mean, everybody needs an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, and and things have changed. And I think like a lot of the changes personally, I think are a lot more. uh, I don't know why my mic is so far away. I think it's because of my legs, my legs, Um, my legs. legs. Uh, and it's kind of just like with, it's just kind of like with the culture itself, you know, because like you said, like things have changed and things have gotten more saturated, but at the same time, things have gotten a little more creative, you know, and, 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 you know, I was talking about this earlier with Brian, um, shout out to Brian, um, Brian K. James, uh, from real reality, realness podcast. Uh, they're actually on Instagram, so be sure to check them out. Uh, anyway. I was saying that like in back in the day, like, you know, 30 years ago, a lot of drag queens, especially um, black drag queens, 
they had to make their own foundations and eyeshadows and lipsticks. Oh, wow. They had to make them. Like, they had to, like, mix the shit together. Holy shit. Wait, wait. Yeah. Brian told you about this? Yeah, that's how it was. Oh, that's so cool. Because there well, was no... I mean, yeah, it, uh, I, I feel guilty for not having thought about it. Um, I know that when I worked at Ulta way, way back, a lot of the, the girls that worked there um, would talk shit about um, men who would come in looking for makeup. And I would go out of my way to go help them uh, pick out, you know, things, color matches, the correct uh, type of textures and, you know, the right eyebrow mat colors and, sh you know, uh, the different textures will work different for different skin types. Some people need a gel, some people need a pencil, you know, different things like that. And I always loved helping them uh, because it was, it was really uh, interesting. But yeah, where I was, there was a lot more white men um, that were shopping for, for uh, makeup. Uh, so, and I didn't run into that as much, but I did, I did notice that there were certain brands that started expanding their color range, um, probably around 2007. So I had a little bit more to work with when selling. People, people forget, people forget that. And you know something, actually, my sister used to, used to complain about this because, um, I may, I may compare, com uh, <laughs> Uh, me and my sister were both olive skin tones. She's a lot darker skin than I am. And she had a problem with getting foundation. You know, mm -hmm. like, because like back then you like, there was like a little bit of options, you know, for like an olive skin tone, maybe a little bit more for like a dark, but people forget that for so long of our history, being a person of color photographs makeup clothing it was just like it's kind of just and it kind of just comes back to this again and, and and it's important to say this is like the the black community the hispanic community in general the queer community that existed in new york as well as in in california and so many other places they helped to really shape the art form takes so many of the latin girls the way that they incorporated flamingo dancing, you know, and, and incorporated um, Mexican swing and type of music that was coming uh, that was coming out in the early 90s. Being able to kind of shape and shift culture, these new dance and uh, new costumes and makeup. And I love it. I love a good performance. That that's what I'll tell you. I love a good performance. Yeah, I know. I some drag is just absolutely incredible. Yes. Um the the performance, uh, the entertainment uh, quality of it, the the bliss that it can bring you to watch a drag queen uh perform. It's it's a high to watch them. Like it feels so incredibly exciting. Um, I think that, you know, it'll bring a lot of attention to it. I think that people need to discuss it. I hate how Christianity gets drug into it. People say, you know, oh, Christians hate drag. No, they don't. 
um, Christian is a, a wide range of people. There's a lot of people. The, that you fall know, it's, under it's, that it's funny because there's actually religious people that do drag. Right. Like there, I'm yeah. going to prove you right, wrong. Like there's, there's Christian people in drag. So just knew, like shut up about oh my Christians God. hating drag. I, like I know that there are some Christians that hate drag. There's a lot of different atheists that hate drag too. <laughs> like I can't with you, like stop bashing a religion just to bring up drag. Like, come on. Like, let's, let's just stop bashing people's religions. Like no matter who they are. Like and and also, whichever Christian is using their Christianity to defend their hate for drag, fuck you. Oh yeah. Like I'm I'm so just like stop. Like don't use Christianity to hate. Like just stop it. I don't know, but it's not by choice. I don't get to make you stop. You no, no, but we hate. get to, but we get to have, we get to have the conversation. No, we're we're able to see all of the different options and see all the different perspectives and realize in short that not everything is for everyone, you know, and, and just like our biological gender is important to our medical professionals and us personally and no one else, the same way our choices of the type of performances that we choose, such as drag and burlesque or something else, is our personal choice. No one should tell us, you know, how we should be enjoying that personal choice. You know, it's the right of freedom. We live in a country that gives us rights and we should be able, we should be able to hold them up high when it is needed to be said. You know how I feel about rights. I'm a libertarian. I, I can't fucking help it. You know, like it's just <laughs> I, the way I, I, I think. agree with you. I think that your opinion should be respected. Yeah. I think that people's opinions deserve to be heard and, and respected. It is. I'm glad that I have distance from it all. Like I have my my peaceful home that I can come to and get away from everyone's disagreements. Yeah. Um, I have one last question to ask you. No, I want to talk like a little bit more. I don't want to go yet. I don't. I want to talk just like a little bit more than just one question. <laughs> okay. How about two questions? We'll see. We'll see what happens, but sure. Let's start. Okay. So, um, <laughs> well, actually I was thinking of the first question and then I was thinking of the second question. Okay. Oh, you already know what they are. <laughs> yeah. First question is, think of yourself as a parent. Okay. Um, and you're a person that is, either, um, you know, married to a trans person or married to a lesbian or whatever the case may be. You have this kid and you want to raise them in an environment where they are open, you know, to the LGBT community, not to the sexual because they're kids, you know, to like different types of people, different types of parents, different types of kids. You know, be able to be in that type of community with different types of people. 
Now, I mean, you, yeah, don't we need to just teach people to just be generally respectful? I was getting, I was getting, <laughs> but go on. Okay. Now, if, if they're in, if they're in an environment, for example, if they live in an area where it's not necessarily that is 100% accepted, let's just say it's not very LGBTQ friendly. Okay. Now, their neighbors don't have to accept their opinion, right? We agreed upon this. Okay. My question is, is like, I don't know. Like, is that a smart move? If you would be somebody, like, would you want to put yourself in living in an environment that's like LGBTQ friendly? Or would you want to live in an environment that's not LGBTQ friendly? But I mean, does that assume that everybody can move wherever they want? I guess. Yeah. Because I, I mean, a lot of people just live where they live. They live where their families do. They live, you know, it's hard to uproot yourself and put yourself in a community where your type of lifestyle is more accepted. And I think, I feel like also like you're going to more likely run into communities where it's less common, you know, because it is just statistically there's less people raising their children that way but i i feel like that's the biggest issue is that like some people don't choose where they want to be um i i think that people should just be seen as people um and that we should stop focusing on if they have one parent two or or two dads or or none or you know, I just feel like we should just look at the kids are kids and they're all just kids with parents. And it's I everybody should be treated equal is what we need to focus on. Like that we need to focus on the differences don't make us less, you know, um, it's just it's weird. I I I. To me, if you teach somebody to be, you know, a kind, accepting person, it's going to bleed into the things that they do. But I guess that's not the case. Um, again, what what works with me doesn't work with everyone. <laughs> you know, like not every not everything works the same for everyone. Um, I mean, we both come from very different upbringings in school. Like our school environments are both very different from one another. We had a um, a life sized teddy bear that came into the classroom and spoke to us and said he was the the bad touch bear, and he would he that was his job, and he was created to come into communities and go into classrooms and say, "Hey, I'm the bad touch bear." And like, you know, I mean, I don't know what the hell he was called, but like it was his job to create a friendship with you, read you a book, talk to you. And hopefully at the end, there was a man in this teddy bear costume or a woman. There was a person in this teddy bear costume and this bear, its mission and it, the whole people who created it was to put an end to children being molested, you know, like they were trying to stop it. And what the bear was is the bear would come in and it would 
it would make friends with all the kids in the class. And then by the end of the class, everyone was allowed to have like a, a moment to tell the bear a secret if it needed to, you know? So like it was a, a safe place for a child to confess to a bear <laughs> because they thought that maybe it'd be easier for the child to confess it to a bear. And then they could look into the situation and, you know, see if they could help a child that, you know, didn't know how, didn't know that it was wrong to be touched in a bad place because that's what the bear would do. It would explain what is, what is a good touch and what is a bad touch, you know, and the good friends only touch each other in these kinds of ways, hugs, you know, stuff like that. And then people who are trying to hurt you touch you in that kind of way. And I mean, they did this in a classroom, you know, and it was helpful. So there, there can be education and I, I, they don't do that anymore, do they? So somebody stopped it or it wasn't, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, the way that you're describing this sounds kind of creepy. I'll be honest with you. Because I'm telling you about weird shit that happened in the 90s. It is kind of strange, isn't it? But I was I was in like kindergarten and I remember this like bear costume like person. And I remember like someone saying, oh, it's kind of like Barney, how like, you know, there's a person in there, you know, or Chuck E. Cheese, like, you okay, know, like, Barney. OK. <laughs> Barney was scary. Okay, I'll tell you this. Right? I didn't think Barney was scary. I thought I that told he was Barney friendly. was scary. I hated Barney. I was like, get that fucking purple dinosaur the way away, away, away. Barney's probably creepier. Like as as they changed the Barney costume, I feel like the first Barney was like less scary. He's just like a dinosaur, but then it started to like the costume got like more like carried away, and his face started to look like scarier and scarier, like. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're. I think they're bringing back. I think they're bringing back Barney. I mean, why? Why? Whatever. Why are they bringing back Barney? I have no opinion about bringing back Barney. I have just... no opinion either. I just like. Why do they put this on my newsfeed? I was like, I was having a great day, and you had to ruin it. I had to share with everyone. Uh, <laughs> how's your leg, David? Um, I'm very stoned at the moment, so I don't really feel my leg. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Actually, believe it or not, smoking actually helps because it numbs the fuck out of it. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it floats. Now it's floating. I was at the dispensary yesterday mm -hmm. um, and I spent way too much money on a cartridge and it was just dumb. But they were like, if you spend one more dollar... Cause like I spent like $49 and it was like, <sighs> if you spent 50, she was like, if you spend one more dollar, um, you can get a free gift. And I was like, Oh, and then the manager was like standing there and he was like, she can just have a free gift. She doesn't have to buy anything. That's like a dollar or like more. Cause nothing was a dollar, you know, like nothing's a dollar. I'm going to have to spend like another like 12 bucks on like a pre-roll and then I get a free gift. But he was like, she can just have the free gift. And she was like, oh, okay. And so they like wheel out this cart and it's got like all these like free gifts on it. And like, they all suck. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and so I have to pick out of all these things that I don't really want. Um, and I was like, how the hell did they not have like a pre-roll or just like a regular ass gummy? You know, like they had nothing. So they had like these like tinctures and then like 
I don't know what the other shit was. And then I was like, well, what's the thing in the little packages that looks like gummies? You know, I was like, well, what's that? And she was like, oh, those are suppositories. And I was like, oh. And I was like, are they like for your period? And she was like, no. Because <laughs> I was on. like, I was like, are we actually putting these in our butts right now? Like, Please don't. Not my butt. Put it in your like, butt, but not I in would, my butt. I would put one in my vagina during my period to like not have vagina pain, but I'm not putting an edible up my ass. How like, do you not know that's not flavored jalapeno or like, <laughs> or muy frio? Like that shit will just make it go on fire. You know, like you don't know the flavor. I don't want an edible in my ass. You Nobody know, wants like, an edible in their ass, but that's sometimes where people put it. They put it up their butt. I could see if I was like a legitimate cancer patient with like Damn. pain. You know, like when I was sick and I was so congested and it sucked to smoke, like I wanted to just eat an edible. I could see where like if you're like fucking like sick, like nauseated, like and you can't eat an edible like normal, I could see where somebody could put an edible in their ass, you know, like this, like suppository that this company has put a lot of effort into creating. <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to tell you that I saw the weed suppositories yesterday and they were free and I was like, pass. <laughs> but it would be so funny. I would love to get like a sponsorship from them and be like, everybody put the weed in your ass. <laughs> Put it up, yo. Start, like, marketing. Da, 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 da. Wouldn't it be great? It'd be such a good company to work for. What? Like you'd be like on a first date, and they'd be like, "So who do you work for?" And I'm like, "Well, I work for this company. We make weed suppositories." They'd be yeah. like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, the the shit that you shove up your ass. It makes you high. You, you bum, <laughs> you bum. You put it up your bum. What, what did you say, more? It's a, yeah, it's a medical thing." How do you get it up there? Well, there's a little shooter. You put it in the shooter, you pull the trigger, and it goes to your... I don't know. I don't know if there was an applicator. It didn't look like there was an applicator. No applicator? It didn't look like it. it You just stuff it in there. (laughs) I have no idea. I didn't buy it. You should (laughs) have. You should have put that shit in there an hour ago. (laughs) No, because then it would be like in my house. I know it was like a waste. Anyways, she was like, um, I got the tincture. It was like these like weed shots. I don't think I'm ever going to use it, but I don't know. Maybe we could drink the weed shots when you come here. But honestly, I don't think I want to. Like, I just like a regular edible or like a pre-roll. I'm like, what? You guys are just giving away you know stuff we can that people do? don't want. We could take that shit and we could pour it in like a Kahlua coffee. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. a cool idea. Like use yeah. it to spike something. Like make. But remember you said you were like, I don't like um, alcohol and weed. Because I talked about going to that. There was like a live music, uh, cannabis infused a cocktail party and yeah. I was like we could go and you were like oh I don't know if I want to drink and smoke together like I don't like blending the two a lot 
Yeah, but uh, you told me there were virgin, um, virgin cocktails that I are... think they are, but they're yeah. There's no actual booze in there. But wait, Kahlua's booze. Yeah, I know it's Kahlua's booze, but you can get. I think you can get Kahlua. That's just the flavor of Kahlua. I mean, maybe, yeah. Uh, all right. I think. Uh, I think. I think we should wrap. I think we should wrap. David up. doesn't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of done. No, I'm kidding. I'm fucking kidding. We love you guys and girls and non-binary people. <laughs> if you love the podcast, come on, give a follow, um, give a like, go ahead and give a subscribe, and uh, be sure to catch us on the next episode. Should be out next um, um, Sunday. Anyway, oh, before I forget, uh, this is Carissa. Uh, Carissa is a makeup artist a fully licensed esthetician and pug lover and candle maker. Um, if you love her, uh, want to learn more about Krissa, you can find her at Krissa the Beautiful. Um, with that, uh, I, I don't know how to fucking end this. I'm I don't too know. Stoned. Thanks for listening. Like, thanks for joining today. Next week's going to be bomb. Uh, we got a lot of fun planned for you. We're, so not, blo- we're not blowing up the podcast, so don't worry. Boom. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I love you all.